Hi, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guest today is Leaf Cuisine founder, CEO, and executive chef, <laughs> Rod Rotundi. Hi, Rod. How you doing, Rebel? Good to talk to you. I'm good. Got some noise there in the background, huh? I think it's cute. Okay. <laughs> is that family? Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I'll get my daughter. No problem. Anyway, for uh, timeline clarity, today is June 10th, 2008, so don't be confused by events mentioned on this program. Uh, Rod, give, give us some of your background. How did you get to be who you are, where you are, what, what did you eat as a child, that kind of thing? <laughs> Is that all you want to know? I want I want to know your life story in nine minutes or less. Okay. Well, basically, I grew up uh, in an Italian-American family, so I grew up around food very much, uh, always central to our whole family. And uh, I grew up my, moving a lot. So my father was in the Navy, and then he was doing international business. So I, <clears throat> I was always moving, and we lived in a lot of different places, including Europe. And while I was in Europe, I, uh, I mean, for instance, I lived in Paris for a couple of years when I was a teenager. And um, everywhere I've gone, I've learned about the food because it's just something I love to do. I'm just, by nature, I love hospitality. I love getting people together and often sharing food. So when I was in Paris, I did French cooking courses. Um, when I, uh, I spent three summers in, in Rome, my grandfather used to be the U.S. ambassador to Italy. So I was um, fortunate enough to spend three summers there in in Rome with him, and um, I used to hang out in the kitchen with uh, Dino, who was honestly one of the best chefs in Italy. It just, you know, it's in my blood, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up eating all the normal foods. Uh, I mean, definitely with an Italian slant to it, um, <coughs> a lot of pasta and lasagna. But, you know, I also grew up making food. Everyone in my family makes food, everybody. I mean, my mother's an amazing uh, chef. My dad is an incredible baker and, you know, just a great chef, but really he's an amazing baker. Mm -hmm. um, my sister has a food business, and she's brilliant with food. So it's just kind of in our family, in our genes, I guess. And uh, personally, I just it's a great artistic expression, and it's something you can, you can actually use to get people together. And that's, it's, it's the casse la croute, you know, breaking a bread um, together that I find the, the most beautiful part of it all. Do you uh, still visit family? Oh, yeah. I uh, visit my family a lot. They come out and visit me here. Most of my family is in the Boston area, um, but um, I have a daughter out here also. And what do you eat when you go back there? Um, I still eat my own food, um, and actually I've gotten my family to eat a lot of our food as well. Uh, my parents um, are, I don't know, probably at least 50% raw at this point. Wow. My dad, yeah, my dad <clears throat> has diabetes. And uh, so it's very important for him to eat the right food. And he knows that, uh, for instance, when he came and visited me here for nine days and ate just my food, he went from 52 units of insulin down to 15 mm. in nine days. And he told me, he said, I, I don't even need this 15. I'm just doing it to feel safe. Um, you know, so it really does work. I mean, there's not really any doubt about it. It really works, especially for um, certain groups of people and diabetes, for, diabetics for sure. Now, is he, when he goes back, though, does he stay on, on the raw, or is he... No, he's not 100%. Over? He's moving towards it, he yeah. says. <laughs> it's kind of tough when you like food. It is. It and, totally is. And, um, 
you know, I'm my, I mean, for instance, I grew up with all that stuff. So, you know, I have a taste for all that stuff. Sure. I have a bit of an addiction to all that stuff. Um, so, you know, it's a little different. My daughter, who's now two and a half years old, she's never even tasted any of that stuff. She doesn't, all she eats is, is fresh, raw, organic foods. Mm-hmm. You know, she loves green juices and E3 Live, and she'll grab a kale salad off of your dish and shove it in her mouth. I mean, this is what she loves, and uh, she doesn't know anything else, and she's incredibly happy and very um, healthy and strong. So I, I'm really, I feel fortunate to be able to, to bring my daughter up that way with what I consider really to be optimum food. So what, uh, what got you going to RAW? Well, um, I first got to know RAW when, about 14 years ago when I was doing consciousness workshops in New York City. And the leaders of those workshops were into raw food because they felt it raised their vibration, made them clear and less subject to food jags and so forth. Um, so um, that was, I said, well, that's interesting. And I thought I'd try it, and I did. And I started really getting into it. And I used to go out to the markets and come back with all this beautiful, fresh food and make these amazing feasts for myself. And I'd be like, or, and friends. I mean, I just, I just, I just had this revelation. This is, this is the food of the gods. I mean, this is, this is the way we're meant to eat, you know. You know. You know. In, in a bygone age, when you know, you know, it was very difficult to find fresh foods and so forth. Okay, we ate other kinds of foods because we needed to eat something. And and but but the, the optimum foods are fresh, living, raw foods from nature. That's that's pretty clear, and it certainly works for me and so many other people I know. Yeah, it may, it it totally makes sense when you think about it that. Cooking the food kills it. I mean, it's that yeah. simple. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, on one level, it's really easy. On an intuitive level like that, it's, it's, it's easy to understand. I mean, in every, virtually every language in the world, they have an expression, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you eat food that's living and fresh, um, you know, it's going to make you feel that way probably as well. I mean, there's also obviously a lot of science behind it. I mean, there is science that shows when you, when you cook food at a high temperature, you, first of all, obviously kill these digestive enzymes, so your body then has to use a lot of energy just to break down the food. And then also you severely diminish the nutritional content of the food. Um, you know, people always are worried about protein, and then they go and cook the protein, which apparently diminishes the potency by at least 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's, we, we, it's funny. We're, we're, we, we're supposed to be the smartest animal on the planet, yeah, we're clearly the most confused when it comes to food. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, I I do um, I teach raw food classes here, and I was um, thinking about how people take something that nature. I was just thinking of an orange, and just looking at slicing an orange. I mean, it comes already ready wrapped, so you don't mm-hmm. have to pack it in anything. Brilliant packaging, is it? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, we can't copy that. And then you slice it open, and you've got this wonderful fragrance, this juiciness, this color. And what do, what do scientists do? They take one nutrient out of it, they make it into a synthetic, and then they put it into some watery something or other and put it in a box and call it juice. I mean, how, how dumb are we? Well, uh it's, you know, part of it is that the businesses are trying to find a way to make money. And it's harder to make money off fresh produce, you know, because it's it's just a commodity. 
they're trying to create a special product that you know has some value added or something, and it's it's easy because that way it has a three-year life, uh, shelf life, and you know you can ship it around the world, and you know there's there's reasons why it's been done that way, and for a long time, honestly, um, a lot of the processed foods that were out there served an important purpose. I mean, you know, back in the '40s, '30s, '40s, and '50s, when food food processing really got off. Um, to a big start, that that's when you know a lot of people didn't even have refrigerators. Um, transportation network was was fragmented, and um, it was difficult to get foods all over the, the country. So when people were demanding that, that's what they wanted. You know, they wanted to have food that had a long life, shelf life, and it was easy to to store and so forth. So it were, it was a great thing, and it also made it more affordable for people. <clears throat> so it had a great purpose, but now. Things have changed. We have most of us have all virtually all of us have refrigerators, and um, and the transportation is fine. And basically, almost anywhere in this country, you can get incredibly fresh food. Uh, so now people are starting to say, "Okay, wait a second. It's now time to get back to really healthy, fresh food." All over the country, people are waking up and saying, "Wait a second. What am I eating? I mean, I'm eating this food which is so highly processed." It's so far from nature, and it's not like they're doing it once a week or you know even once a day. Often it's three times a day. That's what people eat. That's their main food. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's going to be health repercussions. Yeah. So people are looking for an alternative. They're ready. They are ready for something. But up to now, pretty much the food industry has just tried to repackage itself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Subway has suddenly tried to pretend it's a health food restaurant. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that one, we're going to take a break. Right. <laughs> Don't go away. Hi there, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. Revelations are good. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, 10 Most Asked Questions About Raw Foods. Find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. To find my podcast, including this one, you can go to revel.com, two V's and two L's. We're working on another site. We'll be listing all the places you can find raw retreats, other raw happenings, products I recommend, and more. Check me out at myspace.com forward slash rockin' radio. My guest today is Leaf Cuisine founder, CEO, and executive chef Rod Rotundi. His website is Leaf Cuisine, L E A F as in Frank, cuisine.com. It's all one word. He's got two locations currently one in Sherman Oaks and one in Culver City, California. Welcome back, Rod. Thank you. So we were talking about Subway being a health store, a health healthy food place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's part of the repackaging of, of the same products, but calling it healthy. Yeah, you know what? I noticed that we went to the Natural Products Expo, and I noticed all these companies are just jumping on the bandwagon. They're cleaning up the food somewhat. They're calling it organic. But I, my question is... Even if something is organic, once it's highly processed, I guess basically you're leaving out a lot of the pesticides and herbicides and stuff that would normally be in the food. But is it much healthier than what we've been eating, the processed stuff? What do you think, Rod? 
<clears throat> well, I think it's, it's not as detrimental as the non-organic stuff. I mean, the non-organic stuff has herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, basically what I call slow suicide. So you don't want that in your food, clearly. Now, as far as the, the other nutrients in the food that, you know, if it's a highly processed food, the nutrient content is going to be severely diminished. That's just a fact of nature. Um, so it's not, it's better than, than non-organic, but it's not as good as organic fresh food. It's all relative. I mean, people are always asking me questions like, you know, is soy milk good for you? Is soy milk bad? And I'm like, well, you know, soy milk is uh, probably, although I'm not sure, better than dairy, but it's certainly not as good as freshly made nut milk. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's all relative. Do you feel people should go through a transition period or just go 100% raw? Do you have any, any, um, any opinions yeah. on that? Yeah, people are always asking me questions like that. Um, the thing about, about it is that there's no one prescription that fits all. We're all different. Everybody's body is different. It reacts to things differently. And the key actually is, is starting to develop a relationship with your body so that you can listen to your body, and your body will tell you what's good or not good for it. So if you're wondering about if a food is good for you, well, smell it, first of all. People don't even use their sense of smell hardly anymore. Smell it. And does it smell appetizing? And taste it. Does it taste good to you? And then if you're going to choose to eat it, then eat it and then be aware when you're eating it. And how does it really taste? How do you feel? How do you feel five minutes after? How do you feel half an hour after? People have to... When people can start really paying attention to their body and listening to the body, the, the body's voice will get louder and louder until it becomes very easy to know what's, what's appropriate for you to eat or not. In general, for transitions, I think it's probably a good idea for people who are committed to doing making a serious transition in their eating habits to probably do a couple of days of juice fasting in between, simply because it's going to help clean out the tubes so that when you start putting really fresh food in there, really good food in there, it's not going to just get clogged up with everything else. So, you know, a couple of days of juice fasting, even one day of juice fasting, it's probably a good way to approach it. Uh, but in general, for most people in their daily life, it's very difficult to take a few days off and just drink juices. Um, so I would suggest people, what I, what I like to teach people to do, and this is what I teach in the classes, I teach uh, raw food prep classes here in Los Angeles, um, I start with breakfast. Like wake up in the morning, it's a beautiful day, what are we going to make for breakfast? And breakfast is a really easy uh, meal to to transition to a raw meal, you know, by making smoothies, for instance. Obviously, you can make amazing smoothies. You can have tons of nutrition in your smoothie. It can be quick. It can be delicious. And it's a great way to start the day. You can also make, you know, sprouted out oatmeal, which we serve in our restaurants here in L.A. And there's so many things you can make. I mean, um, you know, cinnamon rolls. We make cinnamon rolls in our restaurants. But I, I, uh, we also have, in addition to our restaurants, we also have packaged foods. We make a lot of different, we have 44 different items which we sell in the retail stores, natural food stores from San Diego to Santa Barbara. All the whole foods markets in this Southern California, you know, Jimbo's, Mother's Markets, all over. And we have things like cinnamon rolls and all kinds of stuff. So I, I, I think people, if they can approach it, if they can try and knock off one meal, one out of three meals a day so they get breakfast and then have one of the other meals as a really great salad. 
the Navy actually got two out of three, and that is a very good start. Because if they do that, if they can manage to do two out of three for a few days in a row or a week in a row, they're going to feel so much better that they're going to be motivated to take it even further. What I, what I like to tell people to do when they're just getting started is to make a whole blender full, like a full Vitamix or something, full of smoothie, and then divide it in thirds, have one for breakfast, have one for lunch with whatever else they're going to have, and then before, like, the, I think the biggest problem for people is in the evening when they come home and they're starving and anything that's in the house gets eaten without consciousness. Right. And so I usually tell them on the way home, have that third thermos, and then whatever you feel to eat, you'll have a little bit more consciousness behind it. Mm-hmm. So what did you have for breakfast this morning, Rod? Um, I'm having my breakfast right now, and it's a, it's a kale celery juice. Ooh, that's sturdy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love kale celery. I love it. So, the, the celery is so alkalizing. Yeah. It's uh, makes just it's like uh, you know you just feel wonderful after this. You don't kale have... is one of my favorite foods. Also, I get to try to get as much kale in my system as possible. Kale is good stuff. Um, I... You didn't cut it with lemon juice or anything. It's just kale and celery. Uh huh. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how do you feel about food combining when somebody's just just getting into raw foods? Is that necessary? Do you think? Um. Or do you think that becomes, like, too complicated when they have to start looking at all Yeah, there's a danger of getting it too complicated. People are like, oh, this is too complicated for me. I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. So, in general, I think it's just probably a good idea not to mix your sweet dessert kind of things with your main meal at the same time. Like, don't have a smoothie and a salad at exactly the same time. I suggest people give it at least 15 minutes between. And if they give that, usually ninety percent of the problems are are evaded or missed, or whatever. Yeah, I I say not not to worry too much about the food combining. Yeah. If they do if they do a smoothie for breakfast and a salad for lunch and whatever, you know, for dinner, as a start, it's a food combining tends not to be a, a problem. Okay, you got about one minute to respond to this one. Mm-hmm. Do you find that just about anybody? can eat raw? Um, yeah, I think just about anybody. Now, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to go 100% raw, mm-hmm. and it's rarely, that's not really the point. It's just get how much good nutrition, optimum nutrition can you get in your body. And almost everybody can benefit from more fresh food from nature in their body. Now, I've heard of a lot of people complain that when they go raw, uh, they tend to bloat. Well, unfortunately, that, that is true in a lot of cases, and part of the reason is that people who have been eating a standard American diet have so much impacted, accumulated waste stuck inside their intestines, and when you start eating raw food, you're actually getting a lot of fiber, which you don't get in the standard American diet. So the fiber starts to clean out the intestines, and it breaks off the intestine wall, and it, goes, it starts traveling through but it's all blocked up, and it takes a while, and it, it, starts, it ferments, and it starts to produce gas. So that's often the reason that happens. And um, the good news is it doesn't last forever. Once you clean it all out, you don't have that problem anymore. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I want, I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you think if somebody took the time to really sit and just chew their food and really break it down with their teeth 
and got the digestive process going, would that make a difference? And I forgot the other question, but we're out of time for this segment, so we'll be right back. Welcome back to Rockin' Radio. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last one, but if you haven't been to cafepress.com forward slash revelations, I've got some beautiful new clothing there, t-shirts, mugs, bags, all kinds of fun things that you can wear and share. This segment is brought to you by Ross Spirit Festival. Come discover ancient wisdom and the latest findings from the greatest minds in healthy echo living. You can find the link on rockinradio.com. This uh, segment is also brought to you by R.V. Robinson, Speak Your Way to Wealth, whether you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or service professional, and even if you have zero speaking skills. You can make a living every time you open your mouth, even if you've never spoken in public before. How do I know this year I will be presenting there? I think I've attended this twice. Now I get to speak there. Please join us. You can find the link on rockinradio.com. My guest today from Leaf Cuisine is founder, CEO, and executive chef, Rod Rotundi. Rod, we're talking about if people really chew their food, learn to chew their food, and even when they're drinking smoothies, if they just sit and sip, do you think a lot of that bloat could be alleviated, or do you think it's just from the fiber? I think it probably could be somewhat alleviated. I I don't think the fiber is the only factor, Um, but um, I think it could be somewhat alleviated. It also depends on what foods they choose to eat and how they mix the foods. Mm-hmm. They have an effect as well. I mean, if you eat foods um, like a lot of legumes, spreaded legumes, they tend to be more gas, gassy. But then if you mix cumin in it, cumin is actually a counteract the gas, So that, which is why you often find uh, foods like that, like uh, chickpeas have often, hummus often has cumin in it or, or you know, Beans often have um, cumin in it. Oh, so that counterbalances the gas. Yeah. Yeah. This is, is okay. Let, let's talk about your business for a bit. Uh, LeafCuisine dot com. Leaf is L E A F. It's an actual leaf. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what's different about Leaf Cuisine? What's special about it? Well, um, a couple of things. First of all, uh, we're the, as far as I know, the only certified organic raw food restaurant in the world. Um, for me, raw uh, organics is is the most important thing. I mean, it's the first line of defense. First of all, I want to eat organic food. After that, I want to eat it raw. So I'd rather eat, um, you know, I'd rather eat organic cooked food than non-organic raw food because I don't want all those chemicals in my in my body. So that's that's really important to me, and 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 it's it's an important value for me. So I uh, I, I reflect that in my restaurants and in our packaged foods. Um, we are certified organic by QAI. That means every single thing we use is certified organic. Everything. They, we have a third party checking everything we do. They're looking over our shoulders, checking our invoices, walk, coming in and doing spot checks in the restaurant. And that's, I, I thought it was important for my customers to know that when they come into Leaf Cuisine, they know they're getting only organic food. Now, that's a big difference between any other raw food restaurant. I mean, any other restaurant in general which says they use some organic Ingredients. I mean, there's there's companies out there that use organic in their name, and yet they're not certified organic, and they're not even 100% organic. So how can so, they how can they legally do that? They can call it organic to go, for instance, a very fast growing company, and they use some organic things, and they are allowed to do that. 
So there's no law about how much organic you have to have in there. No, not not you. Not if it's in your name. If you if you say that the product is organic, yeah. Yes, then, then then there's all kinds of regulations that come in. But if you just have a name, organic to go, or organic food to go, or whatever it might be, there's no regulation. Uh-uh. That's one of the things that makes us different. Um, <clears throat> another thing is that, you know, it's no mistake that the name of our, our company is Leaf Cuisine, because uh, whereas in a lot of places, a lot of raw food restaurants and uh, other, you know, they often use, like, a lot of nuts in their recipes because nuts are fatty and they taste good, and that's all great. And they're trying often to replicate other foods, you know, cooked foods. For me, the most important food for human consumption are green leafy vegetables. That is what makes life possible on the planet, first of all, by creating chlorophyll and oxygen. But it's also, I think, the most important food for people to eat. So our food is based around green leafy vegetables. I mean, you're not going to find it in our desserts, for instance, but our entrees are, you know, and our salads and our wraps, there's at least a lot of green leafy vegetables, very fresh food. I mean, we have all kinds of sophisticated uh, recipes. We have, you know, like even our lasagna or risagna, for instance, we, we put spinach in there. You know, we marinate some spinach leaves and we put a layer of spinach in, in addition to the ricotta cheese we make and fresh marinara and the thinly sliced marinated uh, yellow squash and the, you know, the Ramajan cheese we put on it. Not real cheese, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not, not dairy. Um, so it's like we, are always, we always try to get back to what we consider to be the natural foods for people to eat. And people don't know very much about green leafy vegetables. They assume that there's no protein, which is totally false. There's a lot of protein in green leafy vegetables. In fact, in calorie for calorie, there's more protein in kale than there is in red meat. But in actuality, isn't it the amino acids we want rather than protein? I mean, we can eat, uh, bodybuilders eat protein, quote unquote. I mean, it's like it's a, a new food group of its own or something. Um, people say, well, I need protein. And what they're really saying is what they need nutrition. Yeah, I mean, and protein's made up of amino acids. Yeah. You have, you have the right amino acids to make up. And then you, when it's together, it's a, it's a protein. Mm-hmm. The thing is, proteins ride on enzymes in the body. They, they, this is another thing. Everyone totally, up until recently, has totally overlooked the importance of enzymes. Uh, every Proteins are useless without enzymes. Enzymes are, the, are, are involved in every single metabolic process in the body. So if we're eating food that's denatured and has no living enzymes left, then you know we're all, all, already at a severe disadvantage. And this is the thing. We, we think we understand, the, the scientists and so forth think they understand something about nutrition. We understand so little about nutrition at this point in our development that, we, that it's very risky to be you know, consuming foods based on you know, doctors and scientists' extraction and synthesizing of nutrients. Nature is pretty darn smart and doing it for a long time. Every other animal on the planet eats that way. Why do we think that we're so smart that we can avoid all that? But wait, wait, it's, it's arrogance, and it, it doesn't yeah, work for us. Yeah, we're pretty arrogant. Um, what you're saying, though, is if you cook your food, you're killing the enzymes, so whatever nutrients you're getting, the body has to use whatever store of enzymes it has to digest the food. Is that correct? 
Well, <clears throat> the body actually produces its own digestive enzymes. So the pancreas produces digestive enzymes to help break down the food, which is why most of us have grossly enlarged pancreases. And, and the energy that it uses to do that, it could be it could be producing metabolic enzymes instead of digestive enzymes. So what it's doing is throwing our bodies off balance. Yeah, by yeah, having having to our, use we're stressing it. our body. You know, in addition, of course. When you start, when you eat cooked food, your body doesn't recognize what it is. It's, it's, it's actually been changed at a molecular, molecular level. And what happens is you often usually have a, a huge surge of white, blood, white blood cells that comes out when you eat cooked food. Because it sees the cooked food as, you know, some foreign substance which could be harmful to the body. So it goes, it mobilizes the body and draws down you know, its resources in order to fight what could be a negative thing for the body. Wow. It just, you know, it just, that's what happens. It's just not what we're meant to be eating. Right. And, and then when we, when we actually are eating lots of cooked animal products, and then especially, you know, it has the number one cause of disease in this country. It's not not enough protein. It's too much, too much. animal protein. That mm-hmm. is the number one cause. Too much animal protein and too much animal fat creates plaque, which collects in the blood vessels, and it basically creates heart attacks, it creates strokes. I mean, we give all these things different names, but it's the same, it's the same symptom. It's the same cause. Right. Yeah, and, and basically what you're saying, and we've only got a few seconds left here, is that removing a lot of what you're... Eating is as important, if not more important, than what it is you are eating. Well, I think that's the first step, is removing the, the, the really egregiously bad things from your diet. That's clear. I mean, stop the animal products as much as possible, the refined flour, the refined sugars. And, but that, but it's, it's not enough. I mean, No, you've got to replace stuff. it with You need some... to start eating, you know, not just being... Uh, not eating foods, but eating the the best foods, the well balanced foods, high right. nutrition foods, living foods. That's what you make the move towards. Not just what you don't eat, but what you do eat. Then it becomes really powerful. Right. So, Rod, uh, real quick, what's next for Leaf Cuisine? Uh, well, what we're doing next is um, basically we're expanding our production, so we're expanding our packaged food line. So we're going to hopefully be taking it. Um, to other areas around the country, as well as our restaurants. Um, we'll be uh, selling franchises to our restaurants at the beginning of next year. Um, and this is very exciting. Um, imagine, uh, you know, on every other corner, <laughs> we can have a place where you can go and get, you know, ordinary food, super fresh food from nature. Wow. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Rod, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Nice speaking to you. All right. Don't go away. Leaf cuisine.com If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. Bye for now. 